This is The Guardian. I'm Jane Lee, coming to you from Wurundjeri Land, and this is The Full Story. Good morning. Quarterly inflation has jumped by 1.2%, taking the annual inflation figure to 5.4%. There are a number of challenging economic circumstances impacting... After three falling quarters, Australia's inflation rate has risen for the first time since last year. Many economists are tipping a rate rise on the first Tuesday in November. It will be another quarter of a percent. Now, all of the big four banks are predicting that the Reserve Bank will hike interest rates next week for the first time in five months. So is another rate rise needed to bring prices back down? Or would this push people who are already struggling too far? Today, the Australia Institute's chief economist, Greg Jericho, on why the RBA shouldn't move just yet. It's Tuesday, the 31st of October. 45 Finding your perfect home was hard, but thanks to Burrow, furnishing it has never been easier. Burrow's easy-to-assemble modular sofas and sectionals are made from premium, durable materials, including stain and scratch-resistant fabrics. So they're not just comfortable and stylish, they're built to last. Plus, every single Burrow order ships free right to your door. Right now, get 15% off your first order at burrow.com ACAST. That's 15% off at burrow.com ACAST. Okay, so, Grogs, why do you think the Reserve Bank shouldn't raise interest rates next week? Let's start with the short version. Basically because I don't think it would have much of an impact actually on inflation and all it would do is actually just hurt people who are already suffering actually from the the prices that are going up because they're going up on things they can't afford. So there's really no real good reason, I think, for the Reserve Bank to to try and slow spending. Okay, so. Let's dig into that a little bit further. Why don't you think a rate rise will help slow inflation at this point? Well, one of the things is inflation is already slowing. (laughs) That's that's the thing. I mean, we've gone from 7.8% at the end of last year. We're down to 5.4%. It's going down in a nice sort of straight line. The only reason there's any sort of increase uh, belief that uh, the Reserve Bank might increase interest rates is because the quarterly rate sort of went up a little bit. But really, when you look at all the things that drove inflation in the three months in July, August and September, the big drivers of inflation are things that are like petrol prices, like electricity, like rents, like property rates, all of these things that they don't care about interest rates. The world oil price doesn't care about interest rates. It's not going to slow demand for these things. It's not going to make people use less electricity or lose less petrol or use less property rates. So all it is doing is actually hurting people and not actually doing anything to solve the causes 
of inflation at the moment. Mm. It really would be just a case of the Reserve Bank just raising them because they want to look tough, want to look like, oh, we're we're doing something about inflation, but raising interest rates wouldn't do anything about this inflation. So I think it'd be kind of a silly thing to do. Often the rationale given for interest rates rising is that there is more room for people to save. And if interest rates rise, then perhaps it'll teach us all to tighten our belts further, which will help slow inflation. But you argue that's not the case this time, right? Well, that's certainly the the wisdom behind interest rate rises. You do it because lots of people in Australia have got a home loan. And in a sense, the raising of interest rates forces you to spend more money on that. And because you've got a finite amount of money, it means you're unable to spend more or spend as much on other things. So, you know, you might decide, right, mortgages are going up. I'm spending $100 more a fortnight on my mortgage. We're not going out for dinner or we're not going to the movies. We're not going to go on this holiday, perhaps, or we're just, I'm not going to buy that new iPhone that came out. And so, or even, you know, a new dress, a new clothes or anything. And and it's that that level of spending. It's that spending on those sort of uh, the luxury items. And, and by luxury, I just mean things that you can go without. Mm. And that reduces all the money flowing around the economy and slows everything down. And so inflation goes down. So that's the theory. And if you looked at the inflation figures and, yep, it seems like they're growing because we're just spending madly, then you'd think, yeah, raise interest rates. But in the September quarter, here are the things that that increased the most. The first one is petrol. That accounted for 20% of the total increase in inflation. Now, that didn't rise because people were like, oh, I really feel like driving a lot more this month than I did last month. No, they went up because the world price of oil went up. Interest rates have no impact on that. The second biggest was the cost of building new homes. Now, Yes, they're a bit linked with um, house prices, but really what affects the cost of building new homes is importing building materials from overseas, and they've gone up massively due to supply constraints around the world. Next one, rents. Rents went up third most impact on inflation. Now, again, if you raise interest rates, that's not going to reduce rents because if you're an investor, your mortgage repayments go up for them that home. You're not going to go, oh, well, I'll I won't raise my rates this month. Actually, you're going to be more likely to raise rates. Next one, electricity prices. Again, it's not because we all decide I'm going to keep my lights on this this month and I want more electricity. And so electricity prices go up. They're not affected by demand. They're affected by a lot of government regulations and not market forces. And so again, interest rates won't have an impact on them. Mm. So I sort of look at those figures and go, well, why would you look at that and think we need to raise interest rates and that that's going to affect it? To me, there's no real suggestion that inflation started spiking again. And any increase in inflation is due to things that had nothing to do with consumers, nothing to do with households, nothing to do with interest rates. So what are you trying to solve here and why are you using interest rates to solve it? Well, if that's the case, why do you think all of the big four banks are currently predicting that the Reserve Bank will raise rates next week? Well, a number of reasons. One, I just think there is this bizarre sort of uh, uh, train of thought through Australia's economic sort of polity that we need to be tough on inflation. We need to show that we're 
desperate to get inflation back under 3%, come what may, and that if we don't do that, somehow inflation is going to take hold and we'll never get back there. And so there's this sense that uh, whenever there's the slightest bit of data that suggests that inflation isn't still falling at a, at a pretty strong rate, there's a real sort of desire to jump for an interest rate rise. And, and certainly the Reserve Bank, even since it stopped raising interest rates, it, it's always kept talking about, oh, we remain resolute in our in our desire to keep inflation under control and are willing to act. And um, they always have to keep people guessing and make people at least believe that they're willing to act. And and I think that sort of combination has got people going, well, inflation had been falling each quarter for this year. We got to September, it rose. So that means the Reserve Bank is just going to be forced to act because if it doesn't, well, it's not holding up its end of the bargain. It's not showing that it's you know willing to act when needed. And I think that just all flows into everyone just assuming that the Reserve Bank's going to increase interest rates. As you say, Australia's inflation rate is slowing, even though we did see a, a slight uptick in the last quarter. How is Australia's inflation rate going compared to other countries? Oh, we're pretty much right in the sort of the ballpark. One of the weird things about inflation that is kind of under-talked about, I guess, is that basically the world's inflation, especially in the, the major countries, kind of goes up and down in sync. We pretty much follow America a bit and we're sort of, we're about six months behind where America is. America reached its peak in the middle of last year. We reached our peak at December and we're kind of going down at the same speed they were. And we're a little bit higher than some. We're certainly well below the UK. So there's nothing where you're looking at what's happening with us and thinking, oh, God, we're we're in trouble. It's basically we're going down the same path. If you look at our wages, certainly our wages are not growing um, as fast as they are in other nations. There certainly hasn't been any breakout there. Um, you know, to me, there is a lot of panic about something that doesn't need panic. If we didn't have the big shock with the oil prices, you know, we'd be pretty much feeling pretty good about things. There are risks that could see inflation return to target more slowly than currently forecast. So the Governor of the Reserve Bank, Michelle Bullock, recently made some of her first public statements since starting in that role. She made a speech at a conference the day before those latest inflation figures saying... And the board won't hesitate to raise the cash rate further if there's a material upward revision to the outlook for inflation. And then later, once those figures were out. So do you think yesterday's uh, information is material change? She told Senate estimates that the Reserve Bank is still considering whether that inflation rise is, quote, material enough to change the bank's forecasts for Australia's economy. Um, we're still analysing the number. I'm not, I'm not prepared to say yet whether or not it's a material change to our forecast because there is going to be a change to our forecasts. Um, we have to look at whether or not it's material enough to change our views on, on monetary policy. What do you make of those comments together? Firstly, the original one in her speech pretty much just reflected what the Reserve Bank always says, you know, that we're ready to act and all this. And in terms of the materially affected uh, aspect, obviously in, in Senate estimates, she's not going to tip her hand and say, yep, we're, we're going to have to raise interest rates. They never do that. 
to me, it means it's hard to know which way. In fact, uh, it certainly has got the market guessing. No one's 100% sure because she's a new governor, so you're not sure what's her what's her argument going to be in the, in the board meeting. Is she going to be really pushing one way or the other? So it is a little bit of a we're going to have to wait and see until 2.30 to know is she an inflation hawk and thinks raise interest rates at any cost or is she a bit more sanguine as I certainly am and going, well, there's not much we can do here that's going to impact anything, so let's just uh, keep a watching brief. Well, apart from inflation, what other things will factor into the Reserve Bank's decision on whether or not to raise rates? I mean, the big one is always wages because if wages do do start going up, that's where interest rates really do have an impact because, as I was saying, if you, if you raise interest rates, that reduces spending in the economy and reduces spending in shops and on services. And so businesses will either lay people off, reduce shifts, or just not um, employ as many people as they were planning to. And that generally flows through into um, lower pressure on wages. But what we've really seen is that wages have not taken off. Wages are massively um, behind inflation over the past couple of years. Real wages have dropped, you know, five, six percent. So I would expect wages to grow faster, but you know, even if they were to go up by four percent, that's still well behind what prices are going up. So, you know, unless we really see a big jump in wages. I don't think there was too much here that if you're at the Reserve Bank, you really should be getting too scared about because it basically is all is expected, I think. Hmm. And here's the other thing. If you're the Reserve Bank, has inflation really taken hold so much in the past three months that holding off a month to see, well, was this a bit of an anomaly or was this a a real sign of a, of a turn? Is there a real material difference that's going to be made? I'd suggest not. But they might be worried that, oh, Christmas shopping is going to go mad and that's going to drive prices and so we want to get in early and tell everyone to call it. Um, They might want everyone to have a pretty crap Christmas. Um, For the good of the nation, um, I would suggest uh, it wouldn't be for the good if they were to do that. Next how global events could affect Australia's economy. Tired of ads barging into your favourite news podcasts? Good news. Ad-free listening is available on Amazon Music for all the music plus top podcasts included with your Prime membership. Stay up to date on everything newsworthy by downloading the Amazon Music app for free or go to amazon.com slash news ad free. That's amazon.com slash news ad free to catch up on the latest episodes without the ads. Finding your perfect home was hard, but thanks to Burrow, furnishing it has never been easier. Burrow's easy-to-assemble modular sofas and sectionals are made from premium, durable materials, including stain and scratch-resistant fabrics. So they're not just comfortable and stylish, they're built to last. Plus, every single Burrow order ships free right to your door. Right now, get 15% off your first order at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's 15% off at burrow.com slash ACAST. Grogs, there are a number of international events that are also having an impact on Australia's economy. Let's start with Israel's war with Hamas at the moment. Can you talk a little bit about that? 
Yeah, look, I don't think the impact on the actual economy is going to be too great because uh, neither Israel nor Gaza are oil-producing nations. Where it could have an impact if if the OPEC nations, which are mostly uh, Muslim, decide to get activated about this and, and view America's intervention in a bit like they did in the 70s and the 1980s around the Iranian revolution, decide, right, we're going to punish them. I don't know if that's going to happen. And weirdly, oil prices have not spiked like often happens when there's turmoil in the Middle East. So it's a bit hard to gauge what's going to go on there in terms of the the economy. And certainly, I'd, I'd argue any impact on the economy just pales in comparison to the human suffering that's going on there. So it certainly is not something like Ukraine, which when that got invaded, massive wheat supplies, massive uh, impacts on gas and, and things like that, whereas Israel and Palestine, not real big trading partners with us and don't have a lot of impact on on sort of world prices of things unless third parties decide to get involved somehow. Well, one real big trading partner of Australia's is China and its economy is slowing down significantly. Its youth unemployment is at an all-time high. What could we see happen there? Just recently, the IMF put out its World Economic Outlook, and and yes, uh, China's growth was certainly down on what we saw during those boom times in in 2000s when everything was going mad and the, the mining boom really took off. It's slowing, but it's not exactly tanking. It's just uh, it's becoming a little bit more normal, but it's still growing, certainly faster than Australia and the US are growing. Um and what's happening is actually they're getting a bigger middle class. They're getting a lot more people in the middle class because they've been raised up out of poverty and out of sort of low incomes over the past 20 years. I am not so worried that that's going to to hurt us because, yes, it's slowing, but it's bigger now. It's a much bigger economy than it was you know, 15 years ago when everyone was like, oh, China's going to rescue us. Well, Certainly, if China goes backwards, we're in trouble. But so long as it keeps growing, keeps doing well, and and as we've seen recently, reduces those trade barriers on things like wine, I don't think we have to worry too much. Um, Mm. So I sort of look at our major trading partners of China and and America and think, well, you know, they're doing okay. Um, The bigger problem is actually the the forecast for us. Our economy, our forecasts over the next year or so are not great. Um, really low growth, basically being kept afloat by population growth. And uh, it might be a case of um, the rest of the world doing a bit better than Australia is. And why do you think that is? Well, you can't raise interest rates 400 basis points in a year and not have an impact. And it's had a massive impact on, you know, it's basically meant that all all the sort of uh, the savings that were built up during the the pandemic because we couldn't spend them on things. They've pretty much all been wiped away. We've seen real wages absolutely tank, which means that people are restricting their spending because they can't afford things. They can't afford to buy as much as they could two years ago. And also you look at the increase in prices, what's gone up in price. It's been all the necessities, the non-discretionary items, as the ABS calls it, in the past three years have gone up about 21%. Wages have gone up about 9 9.5%. So what that means is that there's been a real restriction on the ability for people to, to spend money. 
on things that really power employment. And that has a, a cumulative effect. It, it's You can't avoid it. The, the Reserve Bank wanted to slow the economy, and I, I fear that they're going to get their way. You know, it's... Um, it's a, a fairly scary time at the moment because the Reserve Bank is, as they keep saying, trying to thread the needle and you know try and deliver a soft landing. That's hard to do, and it's going to get harder if they they get jumpy at just one quarter of inflation is slightly different to what they expected, and they decide to raise interest rates. The, I think the risks of a slowing economy are greater than the risks of rising inflation at, at the moment. So you say the Reserve Bank has gone too hard too quickly? Yeah, I think they have. I, I think they certainly needed to raise interest rates. We didn't want to keep it, stay at 0.1% cash rate forever. Um, that's not a healthy way to to have an economy, pretty much just too much cheap money. So they certainly need to raise it. But I, I think uh, they could have stopped, you know, back in probably February, March, you know, they you know, everything they've done since then, I think, has just been uh, a little bit of overkill. Mm. You know, four, 400 basis points in a year is a massive increase. The 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 increase in mortgages was, you know, we're talking 75, 80% on the, the cost of repaying your mortgage. So I think that actually gives the Reserve Bank a bit of an out to say, actually, we don't need to raise interest rate yet because households are already being forced to reduce their spending because the cost of necessities has risen so much. If the Reserve Bank does raise rates, how do you think that'll affect the Australian economy? Well, it's going to slow it. I mean, it'll have, I think, a material effect on on uh, retail spending and holiday spending over the summer, um, which is retailers' busiest month by a, a mile and um I don't think we need to slow the economy in that way because the economy is already slowing. You look at the forecasts, so I think it's pretty precarious. You know, households are already spending less. If they raise interest rates, it's just going to make them have to spend even less. And in a sense, that extra increase might be enough to really start hurting the economy and sending it downwards because we're already getting... The slowing of the economy due to the price rises of petrol, the price rises of electricity and, and everything else. If you then add on top of that another impost in, in interest rate rises, it's like, oh, great, we're already cutting back on spending and you're making us hurt even harder. So this isn't going to affect any of these factors that are driving inflation, but what it's going to do is just put people out of work. It's going to really hurt businesses. It's going to basically inflict pain for very little reason. Mm. And I don't think that's how you should go about trying to run monetary policy. You've argued in your columns a number of times that raising rates is a really blunt instrument that has pretty limited effect by itself. So why do you think the Reserve Bank continues to use that lever? Well, because as Michelle Bullock said in a Senate estimates hearing last year, it's the only tool they've got. Um, we only have one tool, though, and inflation hurts the poorest the most. Mm. And if we don't get inflation down, the people that will suffer will be exactly those people that you're talking about. So As I say, when all you've got is a hammer, every problem looks like it needs a nail. Yes, it's a blunt tool. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, Chair. And if government policy, rather than further interest rate rises, is the answer 
to slowing inflation without causing more pain. What would you like to see it do? Well, I mean, it's always the case that when inflation is rising because of what we call supply-side issues, which are very much things like petrol prices going up, um, the cost of materials going up, the cost of electricity going up, when it's things like that, it's not about reducing demand. It's actually governments should be more about, right, what can we do to protect people during this period while supply side issues are, in a sense, wreaking havoc? And things they can do are put in, you know, subsidies on electricity, price caps on on energy price rises or temporary price rises, or even I'd say ongoing price rises on things like rent. They can look at the cost of childcare and uh, have subsidies. All of these things actually have impacts on our inflation rate. And so actually we should be just thinking about how can we protect especially low and middle income households during this tough time and then hopefully we get back to, to normality soon but not think, oh, well, inflation's going up. It doesn't matter what type of inflation it is. We just got to raise interest rates and that's all we can do. That was Greg Jericho, Chief Economist for the Australia Institute and a columnist for Guardian Australia. You can read his latest column titled, A Melbourne Cup Day Rate Rise Would Not Be Tough on Inflation, It Would Just Be Cruel. We'll post a link to that on the full story page. That's it for today. This episode was produced by Alison Chan, sound design and mixing by Joe Koning, who also composed our theme music. The executive producers were Hannah Parks and Miles Martignoni. Please follow or subscribe to Full Story wherever you get your podcasts and leave us a review. It helps us find new listeners. I'm Jane Lee. Thanks for listening. Tired of ads barging into your favourite news podcasts? Good news. Ad-free listening is available on Amazon Music for all the music plus top podcasts included with your Prime membership. Stay up to date on everything newsworthy by downloading the Amazon Music app for free or go to amazon.com slash news ad free. That's amazon.com slash news ad free to catch up on the latest episodes without the ads.